Hello and thank you for joining us on the OGGK podcast, The Truth About Everything. I am your host, Khalik. The topic today is knowing God. I'm asking the question, who do you know God to be? How do you come to know God? How did you come to the knowledge of God, of who God is? Understanding God to be a male by calling God by a specific pronoun, he, um, referring to him as uh, God as she. Like, how do we know God? How do we get the idea of the identity of God? Was it given to us by religion? Was it given to us by our parents? Were we told that God was loving God was kind, that God was compassionate, that God was a protector, a provider? Or have we actually experienced it for ourselves? I feel that is the way to know God. You know God by experiencing God. You don't buy a car without checking it out, without getting to know it, taking it for a test drive, looking under the hood, seeing if it's a good fit for you. And it's the same thing with God. You don't get to know God just by what other people tell you. You get to know God by the experiences that you have with God. And from those experiences, you develop a sense of who God is. You know wealth when you are wealthy. You only know love when you are in love and you only know poverty by experiencing poverty. There, there is something powerful about an experience that can give you what just someone else sharing their own beliefs with you can never do. Your own experience is is gold. So this is how knowing God takes place. The discovery of God takes place through the experience of God. So when, when we experience God, when we come to know God, we use words like great or powerful or almighty or uh, provider, sustainer, um, omnipotent, just all these transcendent ideas and thoughts. But the problem with that is that um, words do help because that's a, a form of communication. That's how we communicate as humans. But to stop it right there would be a big problem. To stop it, to stop your knowing of God at the thought of God just being great would be wrong. To stop your understanding of God just being awesome or, or good would be wrong. Because in all truth, God is greater than what we conceive great to be. God is more powerful than what we can ever conceive powerful to be. And that is because the words that we use are related to human concepts and ideas. We use the same words for people or even pets or even situations. You know, a great car. It's a great car until one day it's not. 
it will it will not always be a great car. A great book is a great book until one day it is not. Um, it will never um, be um, eternally great. There will always be something else that comes along that uh, may replace it or even stand close to it, if not even replace it, even with goodness. Now, we relate goodness to people, places and things, um, even the goodness in a person or the goodness in a, in a material thing that we associate good to will never eternally be good. There is always a period in which that goodness or that greatness or that powerfulness fades away or changes. And when we apply these words like great and and beautiful and good to God, we're actually also applying the opposite to God, where where he's great, God is great, but there's also a sense of um, deficiency there. Or God is all powerful, but there's also a sense of weakness there. When we understand God as, when we limit God to just our concepts of these words. Because like I said, our concepts of these words have the opposites attached to them. There's always an expectation or the possibility of the opposite of great to occur, the opposite of good to occur, the opposite of powerful to occur. When we apply these words to God and leave it at that. This is why when in, in thinking of God as good, when situations occur and you look for God and you're, and it seems like your faith is withering or is weak, it's because that good that you have attached to God also comes with the opposite of not being good. Maybe he's, maybe God is not as trustworthy as I thought. Because our trust, like I said, comes with the opposite, with an untrust. So in my mind, I'm thinking that what what needs to happen is to understand and to know God in a way that is beyond our words and our concepts and our ideas. It's beyond all of that. We need to separate God from human concepts. There needs to be a mysteriousness about God. Like God is great, but he is mysteriously great. He is good, but he is mysteriously good. He is powerful, but God is mysteriously powerful. That that shows you that there there are these attributes that we attach to God are just a a snippet, just a small uh, view, just a small perspective of just how great God is. The mysteriousness leaves room for God to perform. For things to come about that you may not fully understand and to be able to accept those things as God being beyond your understanding of goodness, greatness, powerfulness, awesomeness. You don't stop at that idea of those human qualities that we all have failed at. 
you know, the, the person you love is also at times the person you hate. The person that you admire can also become the person that you despise. So God is beyond all these words, all these thoughts, all these concepts. There always needs to be a degree of transcendence when speaking of God and when applying words to God, knowing that what we see God as, or even what we experience God as, what we have known God to be, what we have been told that God is, that's just the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. That is not it in its completeness. We always have to remember that there is a mysterious quality to God, an unknowingness. God is un able to be fully understood. We are always in a position of discovery when you understand God to be mysterious. There is always room for discovery of God, for a surprise, for an awakening, for a newness, for enlightenment. To be shocked, to be awed, to be mesmerized by the mysteriousness of God. So in knowing who God is, know that God is great, but he's great beyond measure. Know that he is good, but he is good beyond measure, powerful beyond measure. Whatever idea or phrase that you attribute to God, know that it is that. And beyond that and beyond that, <laughs> there is no measure that we can hold God to. There is no concept that we can hold God to. There is no thought that we can hold God to. Because these thoughts, these ideas, these concepts are limiting. God is mysterious. And that mystery goes beyond everything that we understand, which is everything great, which is everything powerful, everything wonderful, everything transcendent, everything wise. Then at that moment, from that understanding, from that mystery, from that ambiguous place, from that unknowingness, from that place there, we are able to discover, we are able to come into, we are able to truly know God. Now, I want to share some scriptures with you, some sacred texts from a couple of different religious beliefs, religious faiths. Um, The first is Sikhism. And in regards to God, it says he is the sole supreme being of eternal manifestation, creator, eminent reality. And we have another one from Hinduism. It says, He is the one God hidden in all beings, all pervading the self within all beings, watching over all works, dwelling in all beings, the witness, the perceiver, the only one free from qualities that that right there just sums it up beyond all things, the mysteriousness of God. The transcendence of God. 
the separation of God from our concepts and ideas and the limitations we attempt to place on God by keeping God con- locked into those ideas and not and not allowing our minds to be free to discover more of what God is. Oh.